your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 661 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And that song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, going to continue with our annual off-season series of best and worst-case scenarios. It's just what it sounds like. Basically, we take a look at every single player that we project to be in the lineup for opening night for the New York Rangers. And we take a look at everything that could go right and wrong for them in obviously best and worst case scenarios. And given that we've already covered the top nine, we will today turn our attention to what I think uh, could end up being the Rangers fourth line, at least to start the season. And right now I tentatively for the fourth line have the following three players penciled in Uh, Sammy blade. We're going to put him on the left wing for the time being. And we're also going to put Ryan Carpenter at center and then Ryan Reeves on the right wing. Uh, At least for the time being, I've got Jimmy Vesey, Dryden Hunt, and Julian Gauthier all on the outside looking in. Obviously, look, Jimmy Vesey could easily crack this lineup in place of one of the players that I've mentioned. Uh, Dryden Hunt, you know, Gerard Glant seems to like him. Julian Gauthier, you never know. I I think there's a decent chance that he's traded before the season. But uh, you got to draw the line at 12, and that's what we're doing. And once again, we're going to go from left to right, Blay. Carpenter Reeves, and we will go from left to right as we talk about this fourth line here, as we always do. And like I said, we're going to start with Sammy Blay, who is now 26 years old. He is on a one-year deal worth $1.525 million. He signed that deal this offseason with the Rangers, and once this season is over, Sammy Blay will be an unrestricted free agent. And as far as stats last season are concerned, we didn't get to see much of Sammy Blay because obviously Torres ACL missed pretty much the entire season, you know, after the first 14 games. But uh, yeah, he skated in 14 games with the Rangers, did not score a goal, had four assists. He was a plus three in that brief time with the blue shirts, uh, 17 shots on goal, averaged 13 minutes and 28 seconds of ice time per night. Also had eight block shots and 37 hits. And I think uh, given that it was such a small sample size, as far as Blay and, you know, what he did with the Rangers this past season, we might as well look at his career stats as well. 133 career games between the Blues and the Rangers. Uh, he has scored 17 goals, picked up 22 assists, so that's 39 points in the 133 games. Also a plus one in that time, 140 shots on goal, 47 block shots, and 403 hits. And also worth pointing out that he was a Stanley Cup champion with the St. Louis Blues back in 2019. And as we all know, he came over to the Rangers uh, via the Pavel Buchnevich trade. This sent Buchnevich to the Blues in exchange for Blay and a second-round pick. Uh, so we'll start with the worst-case scenario, and we'll end on the best-case scenario, as we do for every single player uh, as we go through this offseason series here. Worst-case scenario for Sammy Blay. Look, I know that I said at the at the onset of this whole thing that I wasn't going to talk about injuries, you know, in a best and worst case scenario. Oh, in a best case scenario, they don't get hurt. In a worst case scenario, they do get hurt because that's just common sense. I've done my best to stay away from that. But I think uh, an exception needs to be made here as it pertains to Sammy Blay because he is coming off of a very serious injury. Obviously, his season was cut short this past year 
thanks to a dirty play by P.K. Slubon. Uh, more on him in a minute. But, yeah, Sammy Blay, once again, tore his ACL. It's not really all that common of a hockey injury. You know, I, I would think it would happen more than it does, and uh, it seems to happen in other sports more than it happens in hockey. But, yes, he tore his ACL, and there was some talk that he could actually make it back for the playoffs if the Rangers make a deep run. The Rangers did indeed make a deep run, and I think we got to the point where Blay was actually wearing a non-contact jersey at practice, but never came to be. He never got back out there for the Rangers. Uh, who knows? You know, maybe if the Rangers had made it to the finals, he could have gotten back out there. Uh, obviously, we'll never know for sure at this point. But bottom line, ACL injuries, they're no joke. You know, players in all sports, they do come back from them. But you're almost always out for the season when you sustain one. And I think at a worst-case scenario, we see some lingering effects from this torn ACL that Blaze sustained last season. Uh, there could be a situation where, you know, I'm no doctor, but torn ACL, you're coming off of that kind of an injury. Maybe you're not able to skate as hard. Uh, maybe there's a process where he's not going to be able to go full bore at the start of the season, has to kind of find his legs again, test out the knee a little bit. Um, but yeah, in a worst-case scenario, the ACL injury in one way or another, just kind of slows Blade down a little bit, uh, at least at the start of the season. I would think also in a worst-case scenario, Blade just isn't that effective of a player. You know, I, I know that there's he's an intriguing player because he's such a big guy. He's got a really good slap shot. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, obviously, very, very physical player as well. But he hasn't really done a whole lot in his NHL career. He has never played more than 40 games in a single NHL season. So he's never even played half of an NHL season. That's another way to look at it. Um, and there could be a situation, too, where you know certain Ranger fans, they just won't forget about the fact that this is the guy that we got for Pavel Buchnevich. And I don't think most Ranger fans, even the ones who don't like that trade, I don't think they tend to hold the trade against Sammy Blay personally. But there's always that small contingent of fans that, you know, they're not going to like Sammy Blay just because he's the guy that we got in exchange for Pavel Buchnevich. And Buchnevich obviously uh, had a very nice season with St. Louis last season. So there could be some residual effect as far as, you know, certain Ranger fans not warming up to Sammy Blay just because, you know, they didn't like the trade that involved, uh, you know, once again, uh, Pavel Buchnevich heading to St. Louis. I think also in a worst case scenario, uh, there could be situation. I don't think this will happen. I really don't. I think this would happen to other Ranger forwards before it happens to Sammy Blay, but it is at least possible in a worst-case scenario that Sammy Blay ends up as a healthy scratch on certain nights. Uh, as we mentioned in the last episode, you know, Jimmy Vesey, he's here. He's got a PTO with the Rangers. There are prospects like Will Cooley and Brian Othman. Both those guys have some buzz. One or maybe even both of them could end up making the Rangers team, and uh, maybe Sammy Blay is a liability at that point, or uh, a casualty at that point, I guess would be the better word for it, and he finds himself out of the lineup in place of one of those young prospects. Um, and, you know, Julian Gauthier, he's still here. Dryden Hunt is still here. The guys that I mentioned that could be healthy scratches to start the season, maybe there's certain nights where they slot in for Sammy Blay. I don't think Blay would be the first guy coming out of the lineup, though. I think it would more likely be one of the next two guys that I'm going to talk about on the fourth line here. But first, we got to go to uh, the best case scenario for Sammy Blay. I think in a best case, you think Sammy Blay, you think Sammy the Bull. And he's a guy that just adds another physical, tough guy presence for this team. Uh, last year, you know, small sample size, just 14 games, but 37 hits in those 14 games. And for his career, 403 hits in just 133 games. So this guy's a wrecking ball. He looks to go out there and do some damage. You know, he racks up this many hits despite never really having, uh, you know, a ton of ice time. He's always kind of been in a bottom six role for the most part uh, for the majority of his career. But yeah, he still goes out there and finds a way to rack up hits at a pretty crazy clip. And I think Ranger fans, you know, if there's a situation where Sammy Blay and Ryan Reeves are line mates, which seems 
likely, if not probable, that the two of them would be on the two wings on the fourth line to start the season. Ranger fans can really have some fun with that. I mean, the two of them are going to be out there just knocking people's heads off. I think they'll both do it clean. I don't really see either of them as like a dirty player or anything like that. Ryan Reeves has had some moments over the years, but uh, you look at last year, what these two did, a lot of punishing hits, and I, I swear every single one of them uh, were clean. And if you really want to have fun with this, maybe there's a situation next year where you go Blay, Goudreau, Reeves. I mean, you talk about just three giants on the ice at the same time. If you're an undersized forward and you're going up against that line, that can't be a lot of fun. Uh, I think also in a best case scenario, maybe Blay is almost sort of like a mini version of Barclay Goodrow. I mentioned Goodrow just a second ago, and you know, to call Blay a, a mini version of anything is kind of ridiculous because he's six foot two, two hundred and five pounds. But you know, even in the 14 games that he played last year. We saw Blay move up and down the lineup a little bit, kind of the same way that Barclay Goodrow does. And in fact, Blay, once again, despite just playing those 14 games, I think he might have appeared on all four of the lines at one time or another. Uh, we even got the French Connection goal where he made just an awesome pass to set up Alexi Lafreniere to score a goal. Uh, but to have someone who, like Goudreau, has the versatility to move up and down the lineup, that's also something that can certainly come in handy for the Rangers or really any team in the NHL. Uh, Blay doesn't really feel out of place no matter where you put him, I see him more as a bottom sixer, but if he needs to play the top six in a pinch or you just need a shakeup, that's fine too. Uh, Blake can play both wings as well. I remember him mostly playing the right side for the Rangers last year, but it's good to know that he can also uh, handle the left wing in a pinch. And in fact, the way we have this set up here, uh, at least for my opening night depth chart, my hypothetical depth chart here, we've got him on the left wing. So it's good to know that he can play both wings as well. Also, uh, with Sammy Blay, this dude's got a booming slap shot, and you wouldn't know it because he hasn't scored a ton of goals over the years, but maybe there's a situation where he can kind of let it fly a little bit, give the Rangers at least a little bit of bottom six scoring. You always hope that at least one player in your bottom six kind of exceeds expectations offensively and maybe chips in a little bit more than you were expecting them to at the start of the season. I think Barclay Goodrow was kind of that guy this past season, did all the things that he does, you know, physical hockey and uh, great defensive forward, but actually added a good amount of offense to his game as well. Uh, Kevin Rooney actually got off to kind of a hot start last year, scored some goals early in the season, uh, wasn't able to keep it up, but maybe Sammy Blake can be that guy this year, and maybe I'm expecting too much. I mean, again, just 133 career games, only 39 points in those games, but I think it's at least possible, uh, once again, due in part to the fact that he does have a very impressive slap shot, so I'm hoping he'll turn that loose at least a little bit more often this season. Maybe he surprises us and I think certainly career high in points is on the board uh, for Sammy Blay. And one more in a best-case scenario, he lays out P.K. Slubon in a clean fashion. Uh, Slubon actually does not have a team right now, which I know is just surprising you guys. You know, a rapidly declining, dirty player, can't find a home. I'm as surprised as you guys are. But uh, if there is a situation where the Rangers are playing whatever team that Subban ends up on, then by all means, uh, Sammy Blay should square him up for a nice, clean, open ice hit. That's a best-case scenario for Sammy Blay. I think a little bit of payback is certainly in order there. Um, we will continue talking about the hypothetical Rangers fourth line in just a second. We're going to move right along to one of the newer Rangers, one of the free agent pickups from this offseason. That would, of course, be Ryan Carpenter, and we will get to that in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. If you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs 
are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein. Like all Bilt Bars, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. What's great about Bilt is that all of the bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. You are going to love the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, late night treat, just a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON15. All right, just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, let's go ahead, just keep it moving right along here and turn our attention to who I believe uh, could and probably even will be the fourth-line center to start this season with the New York Rangers, and that would be Ryan Carpenter, who signed a one-year deal worth a league minimum $750,000 with the New York Rangers this offseason. He will be an unrestricted free agent after this season is over. He is currently 31 years old. And as far as, uh, I think we're going to take a look at his career stats rather than just what he did last season between the Blackhawks and the Flames. I think that just gives us a better idea of who Ryan Carpenter is because obviously he's not somebody that's a household name and, you know, it wasn't exactly a headline grabbing signing when the Rangers made it, but I think it was a solid signing nevertheless. Uh, but yeah, his career stats, once again, Carpenter has played for the Sharks, the Knights, the Blackhawks, and the Flames. He actually played for Gerard Gallant uh, when both were in Vegas. And for his career, Carpenter has played in 308 games over parts of seven seasons in the NHL. He has scored 26 goals and picked up 43 assists, so 69 points in 308 games. He's also a minus 27 for his career, 145 block shots, 549 hits, and a faceoff success rate of just 48.2%, but that is an area where he's improved. And in fact, uh, he was at 51.5% success rate on the dot last year. That was the second best mark of his career. Uh, I think in a worst case scenario, He's just not able to hang on to a spot in the lineup, and there's certain nights where he ends up being a healthy scratch. I mean, he's going to have his work cut out for him because of the 12 players that I'm projecting to be out there as far as open night is concerned, I would say Carpenter's you know grip as far as maintaining a spot night in and night out in the lineup is probably weaker than anybody else's. I mean, maybe you could say Ryan Reeves because we saw him as a healthy scratch at times last season, but there's a lot of competition uh, for spots on this opening night roster. You know, does Brent Othman make this team? Because if he does, you know he's going to play. Uh, does Will Cooley make this team and potentially take Ryan Carpenter's spot? Even a Julian Gauthier or a Dryden Hunt, these guys that are kind of, you know, on the outside looking in, at least that's what it looks like right now. Uh, but they're certainly going to be given a chance to compete for a spot, you know, on the roster and in the lineup on most nights. Uh, and I realize, you know, Gautier, Hunt, they're not really exciting names, but if they're here, then once again, they will be given every opportunity to compete because that's how the Rangers do things. They give players an opportunity to win a role, win a spot in the lineup, whatever it might be. This isn't the New York Yankees where they just keep running out Glaber Torres and Aaron Hicks from now until the end of time. You know, you can actually, on the Rangers, improve your standing with the team by playing well, whereas on the Yankees, uh, it makes no difference how you play. You keep your starting job no matter what. Uh, had to get that off my chest. I'll keep the focus on the Rangers from here on out. But, you know, something that I think helps Carpenter as far as, you know, all the players that I just mentioned is that whether we're talking about Gautier or Hunt or Offman or Cooley or really anyone else, none of those players play center. 
So that could help Carpenter kind of maintain his spot in the lineup. I think when they signed him, they had designs on him being, you know, kind of the guy on the fourth line center spot. We'll see how it shakes out. It's not to say that he can't possibly be replaced. But yeah, you know, if, if he doesn't play well or the Rangers need a spark, uh, he could end up very well being the guy that comes out of the lineup. And I think sooner or later, 82 games, Carpenter's probably not going to be able to avoid the healthy scratch designation for all 82 of those games. We'll see. Maybe he does. Maybe he exceeds expectations. That's a good problem to have. But I think in a worst-case scenario for Carpenter himself, uh, he finds himself as a healthy scratch, at least from time to time. I think also... In a worst-case scenario for Carpenter, he ends up, uh, you know, kind of catching flack from certain fans who want to see guys like Will Cooley or Brennan Othman get a chance because, obviously, you know, they're kind of the shiny new toy. There are these prospects that the Rangers drafted pretty high, and these are guys that have put up good numbers everywhere they've played, and both players, you know, recently competed at the World Juniors. People are excited about Will Cooley and Brandon Offman, and understandably so, and I think a lot of times when fans really want to see one of these young prospects, if they don't get to see Cooley and or Offman, Ryan Carpenter is exactly the kind of player that they would take out their frustrations on because, okay, well, who's this random journeyman that's here and not really doing a whole lot and blocking Will Cooley or Brandon Offman from playing on this team? So I think in a worst-case scenario, you could see something like that where you know fans just don't warm up to this guy because in their mind, at least, and they're right, they would be right in this in this scenario, uh, they would be he would be blocking the path to playing time for, again, guys like Offman, guys like Cooley. Uh, in a best-case scenario... I think Carpenter establishes himself as a big part of the penalty kill. The Rangers have made that a strength of theirs in recent seasons. Certainly this past season, they were outstanding on the PK, and there would certainly seem to be some openings. We talked about in our last episode how certain Ranger penalty killers from last season are no longer with the team. And so now, you know, you've got Kreider, Mika, you figure they'll be in the mix. Vincent Trocek is here. He'll be in the mix. Barclay Goodrow. Maybe Ryan Carpenter works his way into a prominent penalty killing role as well. We will see. I think also, in a best-case scenario, Carpenter wins more face-offs than he loses. I'll sign up for that. You know, as we mentioned, he's at 48.2%, I think it was, 48.2% for his career, but he was at 51.5% last season. So I think in a best case, uh, he comes up big for the Rangers in that department as well, wins some face-offs, and maybe he's one of those guys that's on the ice in a situation where the Rangers are trying to protect a one-goal lead late. I think he'll probably have to earn that trust from Gerard Gallant, especially because the Rangers do have a lot of good defensive forwards. I just named a bunch of them, you know, Trocek, Kreider, Mika, Goudreau. But there's a, a role for Ryan Carpenter where we, we might be seeing him at the end of games when the Rangers are, once again, trying to protect a one-goal lead in the last minute, minute and a half, whatever it might be. I think also, in the best case, Look, maybe Carpenter, gritty player. Maybe he's a little bit of a big brother uh, for some of the players in the Ranger locker room. Now, obviously, he's not going to be wearing uh, an A as one of the alternate captains for this upcoming season, but that doesn't mean you can't step into a leadership role of sorts because we saw Ryan Reeves do that this past season. He was kind of the big brother. Uh, he was by far the oldest player on the team for the Rangers last year. And as things stand now with this current Ranger group, uh, Ryan Carpenter, despite only being 31 years old, he is actually the third oldest player on this team. Yaroslav Halak is 37, Ryan Reeves is 35, and then Carpenter is 31. So maybe, uh, you know, he's been around a little while. Maybe he is in a little bit of a big brother role as well and just kind of leads by example uh, with some of the grit that he plays with. We did a crossover episode with Jack Bushman from Locked On Blackhawks. I'll leave a link to that episode in the description because obviously I haven't seen Carpenter in action all that much. I didn't really study tape on him throughout his career and didn't really watch him with the Blackhawks last season. So uh, Jack did a great job. He always does a great job. But when we did our crossover, he did a great job 
just kind of giving us the skinny on Carpenter, kind of explaining who he is as a player and what we can expect. So like I said, I'll leave a link to that episode in the description. And then finally, uh, I think in a best case, maybe he just gets a boost from playing with the New York Rangers because Carpenter, as a kid, grew up as just a all-out, hardcore New York Rangers fan. Uh, he mentioned that he was too young to remember the Rangers winning the Cup. He would have been, by my count, about two years old when that happened. So, yeah, a little bit too young there. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, he talked about growing up with his dad and watching the Rangers winning the Cup on the VHS tapes. And, obviously, you know, that was his team. So he's, he's got to be thrilled to be here, especially given the fact that the Rangers, you know, they're looking like a bona fide Stanley Cup contender going forward. So, in the best case, uh, he gets a boost just by playing with the team that he grew up rooting for. Uh, we will, in just a second turn our attention to the 12th and final forward. I'm going to say that's Ryan Reeves starting the season on the right wing on the fourth line. We will do that in just a second. All right, so to go ahead and uh, wrap up our forwards portion of this offseason series of best and worst case scenarios, we will turn our attention to the fourth line right wing spot, which I believe will be occupied by Ryan Reeves. Reeves now 35 years old. And as far as his contract is concerned, when Reeves was traded to the Rangers last offseason, he had only one year left on his deal. Uh, the Rangers and Reeves quickly agreed to a one-year extension worth $1.75 million, which is exactly what he made last year. And uh, he will be an unrestricted free agent after this season. I would imagine he'll probably be off the Rangers at that point. The only way he'd be back is if he's willing to come back for, you know, pretty significantly less than that to try to win a Stanley Cup if, you know, the Rangers don't win it this year. Hopefully they win it this year and then Reeves can lift the cup and everything's great in the world. But uh, yeah, I mean, maybe Reeves, if he's still in the NHL, he wants to keep playing uh, at that point. He seems very happy with the Rangers. Maybe he's willing to take a little bit of a hometown discount to stick around with the team if he's with the Rangers beyond this upcoming season, which, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. As far as what he did this past season, 69 games, five goals, eight assists. He was also a minus 13, uh, 44 shots on goal, 10 minutes and 39 seconds of ice time per night, 16 block shots, and a whopping 279 hits. Uh, I think in a worst-case scenario for Ryan Reeves, you know, he's never been the fastest skater in the league. I think that's putting it pretty mildly, but I think now that he's getting a little bit older, in a worst-case scenario, uh, he's just too slow and has kind of a difficult time cracking this lineup. Uh, as far as how this roster is constructed, I still think Reeves is going to be out there more often than not, but if he goes through a stretch of bad play, it's not inconceivable that, uh, you know, he'll find himself in the uh, press box more often than not. You know, we saw that toward the end of last season, particularly after the Rangers made all their moves at the trade deadline. You know, they bring in Mott and Cop and Vetrano, and it was Reeves, uh, among other players, who somewhat frequently found himself as a healthy scratch due to those players being brought in. And there could be a similar situation this year. Uh, he could end up being a healthy scratch to start the season, you know, kind of in the lineup, out of the lineup. And then if the Rangers do make a move or two near the deadline this season, which they would have to do while still being compliant with the salary cap, uh, then maybe Ryan Reeves finds himself out of the lineup in that situation as well. We'll see. Uh, but Ryan Reeves, you know, he's going to have to earn his spot in the lineup pretty much every single night. I think also in a worst case scenario, and we saw this kind of unfold this past season as well, but Ryan Reeves could become something of a playoff liability you know, there were times last year where it just looked like he was a little bit slow out there, just was struggling to keep up with the pace of play. There was a goal scored by Tampa where they just went right around him and went right to the net. I think it was game like four, maybe. 
and you know he took a penalty in that game, and then he was a healthy scratch after that, and he didn't make any excuses, which I, I do like that. He at least fessed up to it and acknowledged that he had not played well, but I don't know. I mean, Ryan Reeves, I mean, on one hand, as, as far as how his game translates to the playoffs, he plays very physical. He can go in there on the forecheck and just, you know, whack guys. He can go out there and, you know, be the wrecking ball that he is and establish that physical tone for the Rangers. So that's all well and good. That's the positives. On the negative side, though, like I said, the pace of play just, it seemed like it was a little bit much for him at times during the Stanley Cup playoffs this past year. And and now, you know, he's just a year older, so it might be that much more difficult for him to keep up uh, if and when the Rangers are in the playoffs this season. So something to keep our eye on when uh, the playoffs do roll around, assuming that the Rangers get there, they have to earn their spot. But I think, you know, at this point, we as Ranger fans can certainly expect them to uh, be in the playoffs. That should be uh, certainly one of many goals that this team has for this upcoming season. I think also in a worst-case scenario, and for this one, there's Ranger fans that might welcome this, but as we discussed on here, it's kind of become a running joke. At the end of every episode, I remind everybody that Tyler Mott is still a free agent. He is not signed with any team, and I know there's some Ranger fans that really want to see him back. It can't happen unless the Rangers clear a little bit of salary cap space. And so in a worst-case scenario for Ryan Reeves, he finds himself traded out of town you know, in exchange for probably a mid-to-late-round draft pick, and that would then create enough cap space, presumably, to bring back Tyler Mott. And I don't think Reeves wants that. That would be a worst-case scenario for Ryan Reeves. Like I said, I think he likes being a New York Ranger, and at this point in his career, you know, he's been in the league for a long time. He's made a good amount of money. Uh, I think at this point, once you get into your mid-30s, it's probably about winning a Stanley Cup. So uh, in a worst-case scenario for Ryan Reeves, he is traded once again uh, to make room for Tyler Mott, who to date, at least as of this recording, still a free agent. As far as best-case scenarios are concerned, I think in a best-case scenario, you know, I mentioned this uh, a little while ago in this episode, but I think Ryan Reeves can continue to play that big brother role. You know, not everybody who's a leader on this team has to wear a C or has to wear an A or, you know, has to have been here for a certain amount of years. Ryan Reeves brought a little bit of swagger and a little bit of, uh, I don't want to say arrogance, because, you know, that makes it sound like it's a bad thing, but we'll go with swagger. I think that's a good word for it. I think he instilled a little bit of swagger to this team. I think, uh, you know, a lot of players on the team looked up to him. Like I mentioned, last year he was the oldest player on the team by about five years, and so I think a lot of guys once again looked up to him. There was a great story when the playoffs started. You know, I guess Braden Schneider was a little bit nervous uh, for game one. I guess that would have been against the Penguins there, and uh, he said something to Reeves, and Reeves looked at him. He was sitting on the bench, and he says, same game, just louder, and he's right. I mean, yes, the intensity does pick up, but it is still hockey. You know, you're still out there doing the things that, you know, whatever worked in the regular season. You want to try to do the same thing in the playoffs. Just one story, just one example. But again, I I do like Ryan Reeves in that leadership role uh, for this team. And I think in the best case, again, you know, he just continues to be a good teammate. Uh, Ryan Reeves, there were times where he was scratched last year. He made it clear that he wants to play. He wants to be out there. He's dying to be out there with, you know, his teammates and and all that good stuff. But he's not going to cause problems if there's a situation where he's not playing and he's a healthy scratch. Uh, He acknowledged the really bad game that he had against Tampa last year in the playoffs and uh, didn't pull any punches. He put it completely on himself. He refused to blame anybody. Uh, You like to hear that from Ryan Reeves. I think, again, a leadership and a big brother type uh, in every sense of those terms. In a best-case scenario, Ryan Reeves continues to wreck people. His hit totals over the years are absolutely insane. Uh, For his career, 755 regular season games, 2,601 hits. That is a lot of hitting. And for the most part, 
He does it clean. I didn't see anything that even bordered on a dirty hit this past season. So you hope for more of the same for Ryan Reeves. Uh, you know, early in that series against Pittsburgh, the first two games in particular, man, I mean, he was just hitting everything that moved, and you just like to see that. So uh, hopefully again, and, and I don't think we have anything to worry about. I don't think Ryan Reeves is going to suddenly go soft on us and stop hitting people. Um, he, he'd be out of the lineup pretty fast if that was the case. So he's going to go out there, and he's going to hit and continue to do it clean and impact games in that manner in a best-case scenario. I think also in a best-case scenario, he gets into a few more fights this season. And look, I am not advocating for senseless violence. I don't want him to just jump onto the ice and drop the gloves and just attack somebody. But, you know, you look at last year, Reeves got into what? You know, two or three fights tops? And I get it because players around the NHL are not exactly lining up to fight Ryan Reeves right now. Uh, but I think if you had the under last year, as far as uh, how many fights Ryan Reeves would get into, you probably won that bet. So if there's a game where emotions are running high, or there's a game where one of the Rangers star players is being targeted for one reason or another, or if there's a game where just, you know, the Rangers need a little bit of a spark, you know, maybe they've lost a couple games coming into this one and they're a little bit flat. I wouldn't be opposed to a few Ryan Reeves fights this season. Again, I'm not saying you should sucker punch somebody or cross-check them in the head. Nothing like that. Just a fair fight. You know, a couple more this season I think would probably be a good thing. Uh, that will pretty much wrap up for today. We will eventually turn our attention to the defensemen and the goalies as far as best case and worst case scenario is concerned. That will do it for today, though, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Definitely also subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. And one last thing that I wanted to mention here, I've been talking about this in some recent episodes. We have our Locked On New York Rangers Fantasy League that's going to be coming back this season. I've heard back from some of you guys that played last year and some of you guys that uh, did not play last year. But, you know, looking at the NHL calendar right now, the regular season starts on Friday, October 7th. So we are basically a month away from regular season New York Ranger hockey. Pretty crazy to think about. Uh, today, as I'm recording this, it is Tuesday, September 6th. I'm going to give everybody who played last year until Friday, September 16th. If you played last year and I've either already heard back from you or I hear back from you on or before Friday, September 16th, then your spot in the league is secure. All you have to do is email me or DM me on Twitter and you are back. But after that, it's first come, first served. I've already heard from some people that did not play last year, and for everybody that did not play last year and reach out to me, we are saving your spot in line. And once uh, Friday, September 16th comes along, you will be uh, you'll be put into the league, assuming there are spots open, which there probably will be. I don't think all 20 people will be back from last season. So, uh, yeah, that's where things stand as far as the Fantasy League is concerned. Once again, if you want to play, get in touch with me sooner rather than later. And, uh, yeah, that will pretty much do it for today. Once again, thank you guys, as always, for tuning into the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.